Hi. Welcome to Malicious Compliance. Please enjoy. I got back at them big time. Story by St. Harrop. I worked for two years at a tile store. I handled customers as well as worked in the warehouse. Not to brag, but for those two years I worked the earliest shift that no one wanted because you had to receive the daily truck and put the tile orders away by hand at 6 o'clock in the morning but I also said I would work every Saturday as well. Now I didn't do this because I hated myself and wanted to suffer. It was because I wanted the outside sales job. The outside salesman that got the job entered right after I started and we hit it off quickly. We will call him Joe. Joe confided in me that he had no plans to continue this job after about a year or so. So from the get-go I said I wanted that job and worked my butt off to get it. Pulling shifts no one wanted. Doing jobs no one would do. And doing things that were definitely not part of my job description. This included doing a lot of outside sales jobs. I would take over when Joe would call out or just needed help. He came to rely on me and gave me part of his job. I saw this as a type of internship and thought it would pay off. Fast forward two years. Joe tells me that he is about to put his two weeks in and to get my resume together. He puts in his two weeks notice. I immediately put my application in. I got the backing from both Joe and the branch manager to get the job and did a pretty good job on the interview. I knew that I was pretty much a shoe-in for the job. I had seniority and had never caused a problem in my time there. I had a very good relationship with the contractors I sold to and knew all of them by name. The main part of the two other employees applied as well. An ex-convict who had anger problems, that will come up later, we will call him Bob and a recently hired woman who had no experience in tile we will call her Anne. The only other job she had ever done was as a secretary, and she was currently just helping customers with selections. Both of them were older than me I was in my early 20s and both of them were in their 30s. A couple of days after that I got a call from HR telling me I didn't get the job. Instead, they wanted to give it to Anne. I won't lie. I thought I misheard or it was a prank at first. The only reason HR would give me as to why they passed me up for the position was you're just too good of a worker and valuable at your position for us to lose you. You do such a good job and are so responsible, we would hate to lose that. Outside sales job was working with the contractors. So I felt confident, to say the least, that I had what the company was looking for. So, because I'm good at my job, you won't hire me for another one with more responsibilities? Yep. But to show how much we appreciate you, we are giving you a $1 raise. Do I still get my yearly $1 raise on top of this in a couple of months? No. Think of this as we are giving it to you two months early. I was fuming for a couple of days. Their excuse didn't make sense and I had a feeling that I was being discriminated against due to my age. However, I was set on making a point that they chose the wrong person and came up with a plan. Because I was so good at my job I didn't get the outside sales job. So if I was bad at my job, maybe they would promote me then. Let me rephrase I wasn't bad at my job. But I told my manager that I no longer would work the morning shift, would no longer be there on Saturdays, would no longer do the worst jobs, and would no longer be doing any jobs that fell outside my description. Including the outside sales job I had been helping with. And goes out for a couple of weeks for training and personal time. During which, things are already starting to fall apart. My manager asks me to fill in for and just while she is away. He understands why I'm doing what I am, but asks as a personal favor. I agree and things begin to get back to where they were before. And comes back and I resume my firm stand. Anytime something was supposed to be done by the outside sales position that I normally did I would send it her way. Customers, problems, heavy to lift things, and other favors I used to do for Joe I refused to do for her. 
it gave me a little relief to see her running everywhere trying to get everything done. She only asked me once to help her to which I just told her that it wasn't my job. Those first couple of weeks things were a little rough as most of the jobs were left over from when Joe and I were running things. So most of the problems came from the daily grind. But the weeks that followed were chaotic, to say the least. Items came in late, jobs were missing or unordered, and contractors didn't understand where their materials were mind you, these guys get paid per job. So every day their material isn't there, is another day they don't work or get paid. So when their materials don't come in, their workers who are paid hourly are getting paid for no reason at all. My favorite one is when she accidentally sent an order across the country costing the company thousands as we lost money on that job. As things were starting to turn into the dumpster fire I knew it would, HR called me in to talk about my attitude. We have heard of your attitude as of late. It doesn't sound like you are being a team player. Well, I am sorry to hear that. Have I said something hurtful to someone? No. Did I hurt someone's feelings unintentionally? No. I don't understand what attitude you are talking about then. We have received word that you aren't being as helpful as you were to Joe as you are now to Anne. Well you see, I am far too valuable at my current job. I can't possibly detract away from that. They immediately saw that they made a mistake in giving me that reason as to why they didn't hire me. They then told me that I needed to be more of a team player and would pay me an additional $1 an hour when the yearly raise came around in two months. I told them that it wasn't my job to do what they were asking and if they wanted me to do that they would have to negotiate my contract. They told me that they would need to discuss it and to reconsider being a team player. I didn't relent, and they weren't interested in renegotiating my contract. Well, two months after and got the job and things went to hell she stepped down. Again, I put my resume in as did Bob. Now, remember how I said that he had a slight anger issue? Well, that came to a head just before and put her two-week notice in. Bob threatened a contractor. The contractor was a real piece of work, but that doesn't excuse the fact that Bob threatened the guy. Regardless, with this now happening and in putting in her two weeks I couldn't see how they couldn't hire me. It was me or someone who threatened customers. I once again go through the process. But this time I play my cards close to my chest. They didn't know that after Anne was first chosen over me I started to look for a new job. Just as this interview process was going on, a company called me back and offered me an outside sales job at their company. It was lower pay than my current companies, but they didn't need to know that. They also did not need to know that I accepted the position and told them I needed to finish my two weeks. I wasn't going to give them my two weeks though. I was going to make it look like it was a competition and try to string it for those two weeks. The company offered me an outside sales job and nearly begged me to take it. They apologized for making the bad decision of picking it over me and told me that they would love to have me in the position. Now, let the fun begin. I promptly told them that I would need to think about this as their competitor had also just offered me that same job for higher pay. The look on their faces was to die for. I pretended that it was a back and forth for two weeks. Which conveniently went over Anne's quitting date and my new job starting date. They got anxious because they now didn't have anyone for the job and finally gave me a final offer. I promptly shot them down and told them I didn't want to work for a company that treats hard-working employees like shit. They can sleep in the bed they made. Then I told them I was starting the next day at the other company. I have never been so happy. You want me to stay in my lane? You got it boss. Story by Original Tank 5357 Some time ago, I used to work in a medical specialty office, it was ID or infectious disease, as a medical assistant. Sidebar, I used to work in the food industry and was always told that I would never contribute to society or do anything meaningful with my life. 
While I absolutely loved working as a chef and baker at the time, I wanted to do more with my life and prove to myself that I'm not as useless as people made me out to be. Not that I believe that for one second, but in my culture if you aren't a businessman or a doctor, you're lower than everyone else. It's pretty terrible, but that's how the culture is. I now live in the US and it's been pretty good. Back to the story. I had graduated top 3 in my class and was certified through the AMA and scored in the 90th percentile, so I knew my stuff. But I've never worked a white-collar job in my life so I was afraid that I would seem out of place. I did my externship at this ID clinic in my town and they loved my interpersonal skills. They loved my work and stated that I would be offered a job at the end of my externship. I was elated. I was so happy to have a job secured and have a foot in the door to the medical field. It turns out my blue-collar experience helped me relate with a lot of our patients and they appreciated my work more for it. As my time went on, my experience working in the medical field became less about the money, and more about the people I can help with my direct patient care. They weren't just charts, MRNs, medical record number for those non-medical folk, and diagnoses. They were Jeff who ran the local farmer's market or Meg who worked with kids at the Y. I cared for my patients and our repeats would always look forward to coming back to see me and chat. I loved working with my patients. So at the end of my externship, I was extended an offer of employment for a decent amount of money, it was more than my other classmates were offered at their practices, but still not a whole lot, and I took it. I was to be the medical assistant in charge of direct patient care. This meant checking in, rooming, dealing with prescriptions, performing and searching for labs, packing wounds, and doing dressing changes. Being officially a part of the office now, I was determined to work my ass off and show myself and my colleagues that I could do it. I continued to do my work and care for patients. However, over time I would notice certain things that weren't in the job duties that I could do that would help care for the patients. Certain things like calling their doctors for updated orders or checking for records from local hospitals. Also helping patients find good home health or SNFs, skilled nursing facilities, generally the medical scheduler's job, this also included looking into insurance coverage, billing, and checking referral statuses, referral coordinators, among other things. Doing these tasks meant a bit more work on my end, but also meant the best care that I could offer to my patients. This went on for a year, and my patients were happy and willing to come to appointments. Apparently, not a whole lot of people like to come to a building that has the words infectious diseases in big print on its side. Then one day, out of the blue, I'm called by my supervisor. Young, naive me thought oh great, they see how hard I'm working and I'm finally getting recognized. Maybe they'll promote me to lead. Nope. My boss, Shelly told me that I'm working too hard and sticking my fingers into too many pots. I asked where this was coming from, she stated that I was staying more than 5 minutes late too many times and it was because I'm doing too much work. She said, we can't keep paying you all this overtime. I think I was maybe making 30 minutes out at most. She said that's still too much, I'm doing too much work. I was baffled. Absolutely stunned. I thought I was doing the practice service, but she undermined the entirety of the last year's hard work I put it. I was frustrated and a bit upset but tried my best to remain professional. So I asked her what she would like me to do, and the next words out of her mouth were ones she would come to regret. Well, I see you're doing a lot of tasks that are meant for other positions. Maybe you should stop doing those and just stay in your lane. She then proceeded to write me up for trying to abuse the time clock. Insert Jim Carrey alrighty then. And cue malicious compliance. I asked her to send me a list of exactly what my job duties are, which she was happy to do. It listed most of what I was originally meant to do, except it, didn't include dressing changes and packing wounds. I saw this and immediately knew this would be trouble, 
for my boss. You see, she was the only other medical assistant on our end of the office that was certified to deal with minor wound care and dressings. At that point, since I was the main contact for patients, that would fall onto her plate. So I told each of my patients that I won't be doing any of that extra work because it goes against the practice's wishes and I was told not to. All of them understood, but it's tough to get patients to keep appointments when things are delayed. Not long after the order was issued, I got my first page for a wound pack. Excellent. One thing to note about my boss is that she absolutely abhors feet. And one thing to note about infectious disease clinics is that we dealt with a lot of diabetic foot infections. At least two or three a day. Doc wants to see how it's healing, so he removes the wrap and unpacks the foot. Spent a little extra time with the patient and now has to get to his next appointment. I'm paged by the doc to pack the foot, wet to dry. No problem doc, let me get Shelly for you. He gives me kind of an odd look but continues to his next appointment. Shelly gloves up and as soon as she passes the threshold of the room and notices it's diabetic food, is holding back her gags and immediately sweats. I pass by the room and she asks for my help. As calmly as I could, I turned and said sorry boss, packing wounds isn't on my list. Can't do it, just staying in my lane. By the way, the 2 o'clock in 3 is a through and through foot infection, probably should get that packed soon too. I'm glad we were wearing masks because she couldn't see the massive shit-eating grin I had on my face throughout that whole encounter. She tried to write me up about disobeying superiors, but I had spoken with my GM and she was behind me. Instead, she ended up getting written up for trying to put wound packs back on my list after she told me I did too much work. She ended up having to do part of the medical scheduler's job, part of the referral coordinator's job, and part of the billing office's job as she had let go one of our front desk staff because there was not enough work to go around. There was plenty of work, I was doing it. She didn't last long after that, the burnout got to her and she stepped down from her supervisor position four months after that. They ended up hiring another super and I left the practice shortly after I got the vid. They told me to come back to work after three days and still very symptomatic so I told them I wouldn't endanger my patients like that and to shove it. Last I heard, they have an entirely new front office staff and they're perpetually shorthanded. Should have let me drive my own path instead of staying in your silly lanes. Call everyone, you say? Explain everything? Sure thing boss, I'm on it. Story by Leenchen. I used to run a medium-ish sized, 40 rooms, hotel down in Florida for a couple of years not that long ago. The hotel was a couple of old neighboring beach apart motels bought by a foreign investor and then extensively renovated into a single modern boutique hotel. The location was amazing for this type of business. Before the pandemic, it was indeed a prime piece of property. The property manager that run it at the time had built the hotel up with the idea of a place people would be really happy to return to. Especially considering that the person who had run the place at first, an ex-girlfriend of the owner, had chased all the old motel guests off. Apparently, and I quote one of the former guests here, we don't want your kind here, she told people. Meaning, the older generation mainly middle-class Americans from the Midwest, spent their family vacations down in Florida every year for decades. Also, Backtracking is a bit to a point that is rather important for the story. The owner is not a nice person. Nor had he ever worked in or run the hospitality business. His main line of business is retail. Abroad. Very much so. And he is a self-absorbed entitled narcissist with an attitude. He had constantly meddled, making incredibly foolish or downright harmful decisions during the renovation and then forcing the property manager to carry them out. She was smart and competent enough to usually find a workaround but sometimes he insisted further. Things weren't smooth. So, 
Fast forward to me starting to run the actual hotel part of the business. At first, the owner hadn't meddled in that much. Our main focus groups at the time had been the cruise ship crowd, regular vacation goers, the conferences nearby, and finally, the annual events. Multiple music festivals, holidays, as well as drumroll the International Boat Show. The last one was a week-long affair of yacht building companies selling their boats to rich folks. 10-minute walk from our hotel. The place I managed was a bit too low-key for the rich crowd. But guess where all those yacht building companies wanted a room to place all their staff at? We had 40 of them, with multiple beds and full kitchens. And we had built the place up with regular guests in mind. Including the festival goers and the yachtsmen. Especially the yachtsmen. Meaning discounts, free upgrades, a personalized approach, regular touch-ups, and even occasional barbecue parties. I was on a first-name basis with quite a few boat-building managers. As well as boat captains. Because when a boat is sold, they often stay around, gets repaired, and the crew has to stay somewhere. And our little place was known in the circles as a good place for them. I had made it my goal to make it attractive to the target audiences. And in some of them, everyone knew each other and word got around. I am a firm believer in the hospitality business being run with the client in mind, not the profit. So, we had an amazing year of building up connections and making the place really nice to a few very specific circles. And then the pandemic hit. The hotel was almost empty for half a year. Had to furlough most of our staff for a while. Eventually, the pandemic was sort of forgotten about. At least in Florida. Cruise ships hadn't come back, but the regular vacation goers had. En masse. We got very busy very fast. However, the owner wasn't thrilled with me hiring a new front desk receptionist. Why bother, if I myself could do this job as well, right? Make housekeepers, we had two of them total for the entire place, do laundry as well. Get the property manager to do accounting too. At the same time, the owner had bought a yacht. Just because. And attempted to make our property manager run the boat as well. So, after a few more months of struggle, she had finally had enough and had quit. Good for her. We are still friends, even today. The owner replaced the property manager with his daughter. Like father like daughter, exactly same type. However, in their country manager is the manager, they don't get the difference between a property manager, does the building or the property side of things, and a business manager, does the business in that building. She immediately decided that her job was to run the hotel. And my job was to do what I'm told. And the first thing they do, the father and the daughter, is looking at the boat show just one month ahead. As well as the festive season a couple of months later. They had a brilliant idea of making more money. After all, why had we sold all the rooms that cheap? Triple rates for the boat show? We could easily make twice as much, right? And why offer free parking when no one around does that? Not like it's a selling point, right? So, they tell me to change the room rates. On existing reservations and start charging for the parking. On reservations that were made with the free parking listed. And above all, charge more for the boat show. On the rooms that had been sold a year ago, mostly face-to-face -face when people were checking out after the last show. And it was apparently up to me to call them and let them know that we had raised the rates by 50%. Oh, and that the parking for the show is now $100 a day per vehicle. I was not happy with the idea, to say the least. For whatever reason, I had assumed that this is not how things are done in the US. Even down in Florida, despite the infamous Florida man. Nor I felt comfortable calling people, most of whom I knew, and telling them this banger of an idea. So I fought against this decision as hard as I could. I came up with various reasons as to why we should not do it.
pointed out how we run the place. Argued the point of the reputation. The owner hadn't listened, but said, I hear you, but trust my business acumen, after all, I had made millions. The daughter had listened to me very carefully. Her reply? Your direct superior had decided and given your instructions. It's not your place to think and question things. Just call them all and explain everything. That's your job. So, a bit of malicious compliance then. I called our guests. And not just the boat people. I called most regulars of ours. Took a while. And I explained what was happening. I told them the truth. How things are run now, what new ideas are there, etc. I also told them that I was very much against these new decisions. And that I probably won't be there for long. Most of them thanked me for the information and said they will be in touch. A few local yachtsmen asked if they could come in to discuss things. In the end, the boat people were forced to pay extra. It's impossible to find a good property, at any price range, close to the boat show location just a month before the show itself. The local ones who came in and met with the owner and his daughter got a great deal of free parking, after the price adjustment. I struggled to keep a professional face. However, when I met them on my own after their talk with the owner, or when I talked with the other regulars over the phone, almost all of them thanked me for my efforts and told me they will not be back. Neither would anyone they know. Also, if I would go to a new place, would I please let them know, so they would go there too? Well, that very week I gave the owner's daughter my notice. Left just before the show began. Letting her be the one dealing with the shitstorm. Since she insisted on being the boss so much. From what I hear, she hadn't managed at all. Right now the place is run by a shady management company that just doesn't care, with the daughter supposedly running the front desk. No one is answering any calls. Or checking emails. Reviews plummeted. They hadn't even renewed their licenses. Or paid booking.com and Expedia fees. Who is threatening legal action now? And, apparently, the owner and his daughter blame me and the property manager for everything. Since it's our leaving that screwed them over. Whatever. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.